Hello everybody, Nick O'Dwyer back with you for another episode of the 10th Inning. In today's episode, I have two big topics that I'm going to talk about. We have the NFL and the NBA. In the NBA, they are now over one month into the regular season, so I know I don't talk a lot about the NBA, but I just wanted to give you my thoughts on what I think is happening so far during the season and who's in the best position right now to make a long run, go far in the playoffs, or are there any teams who are possibly out of the playoffs right now, what the, what the winners look like. And then in the NFL, I'm going just to talk about we just finished Week 13. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season each and every day. So it's really a good chance to find out who's in a great position to make the playoffs and who's just not there quite yet. So let's start off with the NFL on the Thursday night games. Thanksgiving Day. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. We had three NFL football games like we've been getting in recent years for the NFL. We had the Bears and Lions, the Bills and Cowboys, and the Saints and Falcons. Let's start off with the first game, the Bears and Lions. Well, in all honesty, this game wasn't that it was, it was a good game, but it wasn't all that exciting because both of these teams are not going to make the playoffs. The Lions, mathematically eliminated now with the loss. They're 3-8-1. The Bears still technically have a chance. They're 6-6 six and six on the season. Mitchell Trubisky actually looked like he came to play this game. 29 for 38, 338 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception. He was helped on the ground finally by David Montgomery. One of the big things with the Bears offense is their passing game, yeah, hasn't been good, but part of that's been due to their running game. They haven't been able to do anything in their running game. So, Montgomery, 16 carries, 75 yards. The Bears get a win. They move to 6-6. Six and six. Not really any... Doesn't really mean that they're in a good position because... The NFC wildcard is ridiculous right now with the Vikings sitting at 8-4 and four in that second wildcard spot. So, will the Bears make it? Well, that's on them. They have... The rest of their season is not easy. They host Dallas next week. Then they go into Green Bay the following week. Then they host Kansas City. Then they finish the season off in Minnesota. So, their season, the rest of the season, is not easy for them. Honestly, they have to win every game if they want a chance to make the playoffs. I don't see that happening right now, but maybe it's a good sign that Mitch Trubisky finally is looking good because we all know how good that defense is. So, can they make the playoffs? Yes. Is this a good sign for them to make the playoffs? Yes. Do I see it? No. Next, we had the Bills and the Cowboys. Two potential playoff teams still fighting for a spot. What this game showed me was... The NFC East is just bad. The NFC East is the worst division in the NFL right now. The Cowboys are the division leaders at 6-6. Six and six. The Bills beat them 26-15. to 15. Josh Allen, 19 for 24, 231 yards, one touchdown. Not a great game by any measures, but a very, very good game. Then he had Cole Beasley was his favorite receiver that game. Six receptions, 110 yards, one touchdown. But the Cowboys, the Cowboys are not getting any production from just anyone really. 
they beat the teams that they need to beat by a lot on offense, but they can't do it against the good teams. Now, the Bills have one of the best defenses in the league, but Prescott, 32 for 49, 355 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Those two touchdowns were their only scores of the game. They couldn't do anything else, and they couldn't get stops when they need him. That's not what I see from a good playoff team. Yeah, will they make the playoffs? Very possible, because the Eagles are just not looking good at all right now. But should they make the playoffs? Probably not, but they're the best team in the division right now. But the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, after the New England Patriots loss on Sunday night to the Houston Texans, they sit one game behind the division lead in that AFC East right now. They could honestly overtake the Patriots and be in that number one spot come playoff time. Now, do I see it happening? No. But it's very possible that it could happen. We honestly don't know. But the Bills are a very underrated team. Next week will be, it feels like I'm saying this every week, but it'll be their toughest matchup when they go against the Baltimore Ravens in Buffalo with Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson just poses a different kind of threat than any other team in the league so far. So, Bills get the win, move to 9-3. and three. Great win for them. Cowboys take a tough loss, still have the division lead. Saints-Falcons, Falcons with the loss, eliminated from playoff contention, 3-9. and nine. Drew Brees, not a great game. 18 for 30, 184 yards, one touchdown. Again, not bad, but not great. Saints get the win. They move to 10-2 and two with the San Francisco 49ers loss and the Seattle Seahawks win last night against the Minnesota Vikings. The New Orleans Saints move to that number one seed in the NFC for the time being. That's huge for them. They have a huge advantage when they're able to play at home, in the Dome, so honestly, if they win out, they're the number one seed. Great for them. Next, we're moving to the Sunday games. Let's start with what I think was probably the game of the week, the 49ers and the Ravens. Now, the 49ers and the Ravens, two of the top teams in the league. We have the 49ers sitting at 10-1 and and the Ravens 9-2. and Lamar Jackson, potential MVP, San Francisco 49er defense, probably the best in the league. How will this game work out in the rain all day? Well, not a great game by either quarterback. Garoppolo, 15 for 21, 165 yards, one touchdown. Lamar Jackson, 14 for 23, 105 yards, one touchdown. And added 101 yards on the ground with a touchdown. But Monster, the 49ers running back, man, he kept them in the game. 19 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown on the day. He did everything you wanted of him and more. Almost kept them in the game. Justin Tucker kicked a last-second field goal to give the Ravens the victory in the end. But this is a potential Super Bowl matchup right now. And if this is the Super Bowl matchup that we do end up seeing at the end of the season, this will be a lot better than their 2012 encounter when the lights went off. Because that game was a blowout until the lights went off. But this game right here was a battle of defenses with two young, up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league. I think it'll be a great matchup. 
credit to the 49ers, they weren't expected to even be close to where they are right now by many people. Some people saw them and said, yeah, they could easily do this, but not a lot of people saw them and legitimately thought they could make it this far. So props to them. The Ravens just happened to get the victory this game in sloppy field conditions, but these are, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league right now. So this was the game of the week. Next, we have the Jets and the Bengals. The Bengals got their first win of the season with Andy Dalton back at quarterback, 22-6 over the Jets, 22 for 37, 243 yards, one touchdown. Sam Darnold, 28 for 48, 239 yards. Le'Veon Bell, Mr. Oh, I want more money, 10 carries, 32 yards. So, the Jets are still working out a lot of things right now. They're not a playoff team this year. They won't be a playoff team next year. I mean, let's just be real. But the Bengals get their first win. That's the biggest story out of this. So, there's no winless teams. There's not going to be a winless team this season. Good for the Bengals. The Titans end up beating the Colts. The Titans went from probably the most inconsistent team at the beginning of the season to, okay, they're finally starting to turn it around. And honestly, it might have to do with Marcus Mariota. Ryan Tannehill is now the starter for the Titans, and they're looking like a really good team right now. Tannehill, 17 for 22, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Helped by Derrick Henry, 26 rushes, 149 yards, one touchdown. Jacoby Brissett, 25 for 40, 319 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Now, this whole season, the Colts have really been relying on their defense so far. And, yeah, their defense wasn't bad, but it just couldn't contain the Titans' offenses game. The Colts moved down to 6-6. Six and six. The Titans overtake them in the division 7-5, and five. the Colts now sit in third, the Titans sit in second, one, they're tied with the Steelers for the wild card right now. Steelers have the tie breaker though, but their record is the same, so Titans are looking, they're looking for the division spot, but if they can't get that, they're fighting for a wild card spot right now, with that victory 31-17. Next we get to the Dolphins and the Eagles, man. The Dol- Remember when the Dolphins were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league this year? Well, they still are supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They end up getting their third victory on the season, beating the Philadelphia Eagles, the preseason potential Super Bowl winning Eagles, 37-31, giving the Eagles their seventh loss on the season. They still sit one game behind the Cowboys. They couldn't tie the division up with what should should have been a gimme win against the Miami Dolphins. Carson Wentz, 28 for 46, 310 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He didn't play a bad game at all. The receivers honestly didn't play a bad game. But the defense, the defense was so bad for him. They did not give the Eagles a chance to win. And it just seems like it's different every week, either... The offense is messing up and the defense is playing well for the Eagles. Or the defense isn't giving you your opportunities. And that's what it was this week. The defense didn't give them opportunities to win this game. So they lose to the Dolphins. They still sit one game out of the division. But they have an easy schedule. And I know I said this last week. 
when they were playing the Dolphins. But they still have an easy schedule, so we'll see how it goes next week. Then the Packers and the Giants. The Packers won this game in the Meadowlands in the snow, 31-13. Moved the Giants to 2-10. Packers sit at 9-3. Currently sit in third place in the NFC right now. 21 for 33, 243 yards, four touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Daniel Jones, 20 for 37, 240 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. So, Packers get a big win, help them out in those NFC standards. Right now, they're probably not getting the number one team. I mean, they're only one game back. But they're looking for at least a number two seed right now. So, that's a big victory for them, even though... It's just the Giants, and they have the Minnesota Vikings right on their heels, especially after their victory last night against the Seahawks. So every win is a big win for the Packers. Good win for them. Now let's go to the Steelers and the Browns. Before the week, we all know what happened the last time these two teams played. Miles Garrett ended up getting suspended indefinitely, so... What better way to motivate your guys than Freddie Kitchens wearing a shirt? Well, they started it. You know, the third grader thing. And that's kind of how it turned out. He, th- I guess he thought he was motivating his guys to go out there and win. But at the end of the day, he motivated the Steelers more than he motivated the Browns. The Steelers end up getting the win 20-13. to They sit at 7-5. and Sit in the 6th wildcard spot as of right now. And honestly... They may have kicked Cleveland out of the wildcard hopes. They sit at 5-7. and seven. Yeah, there's a chance they can go undefeated to end the season, but do you really see that happening? Because I don't. So, Cleveland is most likely out of the wildcard chance, playoff hopes. But the Steelers, 7-5, and five, they're sitting in a perfect position. They were led by the duck, Delvin Hodges. Hodges... Didn't play a great game by any measures. 14 for 21, 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But the name of the game is to win. It doesn't matter how you get that victory, as long as you get that victory. Hodges did a good job at that. Steelers sit at 7-5. Next, the Panthers and the Redskins. This game, the Panthers lost once again, even though McCaffrey... Still did some stuff. He didn't have a good rushing game. And, yeah, he got over 100 yards total with 44 rushing yards and 58 receiving yards. But he took himself right out of the MVP conversation. Now, when people look at MVP, you look at it, okay, is it really most valuable to your team? As in, you can be on any team, but if you're that valuable? Because if that were the case, he still has a chance because... What would the Panthers be without McCaffrey? Would they be 0-12? Very possible. But with McCaffrey, they're 5-7. and 7. That's no, There's no denying that. Or is it the person who means the most of their team, but they're still a good team? Ergo, Russell Wilson, 10-2. Lamar Jackson, 10-2. That's up to you to decide. But McCaffrey took himself right out of this conversation. Patrick... The Panthers sit at 5-7. and seven. The Redskins, 29-21 victory, sit at 3-9, and nine, just like 
the Miami Dolphins. Dwayne Haskins got his second career victory. 13 for 25, 147 yards. Nothing special whatsoever. Darius Juice, 10 carries, 129 yards, 2 touchdowns. Adrian Peterson, 13 carries, 99 yards, 1 touchdown. To help the Redskins out. The Redskins, honestly, they're not doing anything this year. But with Haskins being able to get two wins in a row, this looks good for them moving along in the future. So we'll see what can happen next season with them. Next, we have the Buccaneers and the Jaguars. The Jaguars lose once again. Nick Foles, three turnovers in the first half. They have said now they are sitting him for the remainder of the season. He will be the second string. Gardner Minshew will be coming back. Buccaneers get the win. Buccaneers are such an inconsistent team, but they sit at 5-7 and seven right now. Again, have a shot at the wild card, but in reality, they're done. They need to win every game, and even then, they need help, so I don't see it happening. Good win for the Buccaneers, though. Then the Rams and Cardinals. The Rams are still fighting for their lives to make a wild card spot. 7-5 and five right now. Unless a complete debacle happens in that NFC, NFC West, they're not winning the division. So they need some help to get into the wild card. 7-5, they currently sit. And again, they need help, but that'll go in their next couple of weeks. They have the Seahawks. Then the then the Cowboys, then the 49ers, then the Cardinals. So their next three weeks will really decide: Are they a playoff team or are they not? It'll be tough, but gotta say, ever since Jalen Ramsey came to their team, other than that game against Baltimore, they've looked really good. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Rams end up making it. The team that was supposed to be one of the top AFC teams at the beginning of the season. The Chargers lost once again, moved to 4-8 and on the season. 23-20, Denver Broncos win. Those two teams have the same record now. Drew Locke got his first professional win. 18 for 28, 134 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Now, the Chargers are done right now. I don't know if Phillip Rivers will be coming back. He most likely will be coming back. But this may have been the last ride for the car, for the Chargers. It honestly may have been the last ride. I don't see them doing anything next season. Last season may have been their their real chance, and this season may have been their shot, but they've obviously blown that already. So it looks bad for Chargers right now. Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs get the victory. 40-9 blew out the Raiders, where actually if... The Raiders had won this game. They would have been tied with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, big win for the Chiefs. And it looks like they just took control of the AFC West. I don't see the Oakland Raiders coming back. But Patrick Mahomes, the big story here, has not looked like himself since he's come back. 15 for 29, 175 yards, one touchdown. Barely getting a 50% completion. Yeah, okay, one touchdown, no interceptions, but not even 200 yards. Now, obviously, we have a different way of measuring these for quarterbacks. If that was Lamar Jackson, wouldn't be a bad game. But for Patrick Mahomes, someone who threw for over 5,000 yards last season, someone who was on pace for over 6,000 yards this season, we know that's a bad game. 
We know you can do more. You got the win. That's the name of the game. I'm not denying that. But we know you can do better. Where are you, Patrick? You just gotta show up. That's all you gotta do. Chiefs get the victory. Move to 8-4. and four, Sit in third place in the AFC standings right now. So, big win for them. And then, finally... Sorry, they sit in fourth place behind the Houston Texans right now because the Texans have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Then, the Texans and Patriots, Sunday night football. If the Patriots lose, the Ravens take the number one seed. If the Texans lose, there's a possibility, if the Colts won, that the Colts would overtake the Texans. Well, the Texans dug deep, found a way to get a victory, won the game 28-22. to Deshaun Watson, 18 for 25, 234 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Tom Brady, 24 for 47, 326 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Honestly, this was one of those games that the Patriots' offense probably looked as good as it has all season, and their defense blew it for them this game. There's no other way to say it. Their defense blew it for them this game. Yeah, the Texans' offense is very good. Again, other than the game against the Ravens, where they just got kind of blown out, their offense has been very good this season. So, tough loss for the Patriots. Big win for the Texans, though. But with this Patriots loss, not only do they no longer sit as the number one seed, if they lose one more and the Bills win out, (laughs) the Bills could take the number one seed in the AFC East, meaning the Patriots could be a wild card team. That'd be insane to see. So we'll see what happens. I don't see it happening, but it could. And then finally, in the Monday night game, the Seahawks versus Vikings. Very good game. Seahawks ended up winning 37-30. Take over first place in the NFC West. Currently sit as the number two seed in the NFC. But Russell Wilson, 21 for 31, 240 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. MVP performance? I don't think so. But, I mean, he got the win. That's all that matters. He's still up there. With Lamar and Wilson, it's still neck and neck no matter how you want to go. I would still say it's Lamar, but it depends on how you want to think about it. Those are the top two no matter what you think, though. Kirk Cousins moved to 0-8 on Monday night football games in his career. Vikings still sit in that second wildcard spot right now at 8-4, but a big loss for them. Big loss for them. We'll see how it turns around. Going into next season, the standings as we currently sit in both the AFC and the NFC. The AFC, Baltimore, number one, 10-2. New England, number two, at 10-2. Houston, number three, at 8-4. Kansas City, number four, at 8-4. Buffalo, number five, at 9-3. And And then Pittsburgh rounding out the the AFC wildcard at 7-5. Now... In the NFC, the New Orleans Saints at 10 and 2, number 1. Seattle Seahawks number 2 at 10 and 2. Then the Green Bay Packers at number 3, 9 and 3. The Dallas Cowboys at number 4, 6 and 6. The San Francisco 49ers number 5, 10 and 2, and the Minnesota Vikings 8 and 4. So, it'll be a crazy ride these next 4 weeks to see 
how everything will turn out, I just advise you to watch it. Watch as many possible games as you can. It's going to be a great final month of the season. I can't wait. Now let's get into some basketball. My biggest stories during the first month and of the NBA season. Well, my first one, Luka Doncic. What, what's more to say about what Luka Doncic is doing right now? You can't really say anything more about what Luka Doncic is doing. Dallas Mavericks sit at 13-6 right now. Fourth place in the Western Conference. And again, it's thanks to that young man, Luka Doncic. He's almost averaging a triple-double right now. 30.6 points, 9.9 rebounds per game, 9.6 assists per game. Okay, well, we've seen Russell Westbrook average a triple-double for the last three seasons. So, if you're going to do that, it doesn't matter how you do that. It's impressive, nonetheless. Luka Doncic is taking control of that team, and he's still only 20 years old. The Mavericks are going to be good for years to come, and you can say, oh, well, he has Kristaps Porzingis around him. Yeah, but he's still not 100% back from injury. Don't try to lie and say he is. You can tell he's still working his way back, which isn't to say he should be back in any way. He needs time to recover, but Luka is putting his team on his back right now. That's on him. Mavericks sit in fourth place. Lakers, first place in the West. Not a surprise there at all. 17-3. and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they work so well together. That honestly is amazing they even have three losses right now. Denver sits at the number two seed, 13-4. and four. The Clippers, even with Kawhi's load management, because he hasn't played every game, Clippers sit in third place, 15-6. and six. With Paul George back now, again, they're going to be a dangerous team. Kawhi, 25.9 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 5.3 assists per game. Then Paul George, 23.4. Four points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists. The Clippers are going to be a dangerous team. It's still very early in the season, so can they overtake the Nuggets at the two seed, Lakers at the one seed? Of course they can, but still way too early in the season to talk about that. Then, possibly the two biggest stories in the Western Conference for me, other than this Golden State Warriors just sitting at the bottom of the conference at 4-18. and 18. I didn't see that they would be in the bottom of the conference, but I knew that once Steph Curry went down, without Clay Thompson already for the season, they would be lucky to make a sixth seed in the conference right now. They're doing not good at all. But the biggest stories to me are the Portland Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns. The Portland Trailblazers sit at 8-12, only four games below 500 again. Just the first month in the season, there's still a ton of time to come back. But, Damian Lillard, 27.3 points per game. McCollum, 22 points per game. And then newly acquired Carmelo Anthony, 17.7 points per game. Yet they still sit four games below 500. What's it going to take for the Trailblazers to come back? Obviously they will. Again, it's just the first month of the season. No need to panic right now. But then, we have the Phoenix Suns. Currently sit in the 8th spot in the Western Conference at 9-10. and 10, And Devin Booker is leading a charge right now. 
He's tired of them being the worst team in the Western Conference. 24.4 points per game, 3.7 assists, 3.7 boards, 6.2 assists. And then DeAndre Ayton, he only played one game, but 18 points, 11 boards. If if he's going to be a double-double machine every night, then go for it, man. The Suns right now look like a very good young team in the league. But now let's move over to the Eastern Conference. Trey Young, the Hawks sit at 5-16, and 16, not good at all. But Trey Young, people always argue, well, the Mavericks won the trade. The Hawks won the trade. They both got great players, so what's the deal here? Trey Young, great player. Luka Doncic, great player. That's all I, that's all I see right now about that. So, there's nothing more to that. In the 7th seed, we have the Brooklyn Nets at 10-10. and 10. Honestly, I didn't see it. I still don't know if I do see it because Kyrie's not a true leader of the team. We saw it in Boston. We know there were obviously other problems in Boston with Kyrie. But he wasn't even able to lead that team to a 1 or 2 seed. So how is he going to lead the Brooklyn Nets, basically the same team that D'Angelo Russell had last season, to a playoffs without Kevin Durant? Now if they had Kevin Durant, it'd be a completely different story. But they don't. So they sit at 10-10 and 10 in a weaker Eastern Conference. So do I see them making the playoffs? No. But it's the first month, so right now, good job for them. The biggest surprise is, though, we have the Bucks at 18-3. First in the conference, that's not a surprise at all. The biggest surprise is coming at the 2-3 and three seed. The Toronto Raptors, after losing Kawhi Leonard after the championship last season, still in second place in the division at 15 at 15-4, and four, and Pascal Siakam, man, he won most improved player last year. He's honestly looking to do it again. 25.6 points a game, 8.4 rebounds, 4 assists a game, and then Fred Van Fleet, 18.6 points a game, 3.9 boards, 7.5 assists per game. They're doing everything you, everything you want out of the defending champions. And then the Miami Heat sit at 14 and 5 in the 3 seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler, again, he was thought of as a crutch for every team he's played for. 18.8 points per game, 5.5 assists, 6.3 assists, 5.5 rebounds. Now, think about the Heat though. They are such a balanced team. You have Jimmy Butler, Nunn, Drogic, Hero, Adebayo, Winslow, and Robinson. Seven players averaging double digits for the Heat right now. That is a recipe for success. That's all you need. The Heat are going to surprise a lot of people this year if they're not seeing it so far from just the first month of the season. They're going to surprise a lot of people this season. Make the playoffs with a good record. So, again, that's just the first month of the NBA season. I promise you there's going to be a lot more talk about the NBA since we're finally getting into it. November's kind of a feel-it-out month. December is when everything really starts, though. So there will be more talk about the NBA very soon. For the 10th inning, Nick O'Dwyer, see ya.